Welcome to Grace Notes, brought to you by Sandbeck Ministries. Let's join concert artist, conference speaker, and author Barbara Sandbeck as she begins her series on intimacy with God with an old song and a great message. That song may have taken you back a few years, but did you catch the message? We're so glad you've decided to tune in. Today, I want to start a series entitled Intimacy with God by asking a question. Do you really want to know God? J. Oswald Saunders wrote in his book, Enjoying Intimacy with God, that we are as intimate with God now and in the future as we choose to be. Now, I took exception to that at first. But the more I thought, the more I agreed. You see, our ability to know God is limited only by our desire to know Him. I remember when our oldest son was growing up, he wanted to be a pitcher. He was pretty good, really. He asked his coach what he had to do to become the best pitcher there ever was. And his coach looked at him and said, Son, you gotta want it. It takes effort Nothing good comes easy. Years ago, one of my pastors took a poll of the congregation to see what their top ten most requested topics were. How to study the Bible was one of them. On the night he gave this message, he started elaborating on the tools we could use to help us understand. Then he stopped short and said, 
But you really don't want to know how to study the Bible, do you? You just want to be spoon-fed. And you know what? He was right. Do we truly desire to have a relationship with God? The truth of the matter is, the desire doesn't come naturally. It comes supernaturally, and only by the wooing of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. God made us with a spiritual void that can only be filled with himself, so he initiates the process. First, there is no intimacy without knowledge. When I first saw Dale, who is now my husband, we were at a Youth for Christ rally. I was 12 years old and he was 14. Well, I thought he wasn't interested in me because he seemed a lot older and he had a girlfriend by him and I figured he was unreachable. But I liked what I saw. I was curious, so I asked his friends and I heard that he was interested in me too. Too bad for her. (laughs) Well, God gives us ways to know him. First, by what we see. Take a look at creation. Romans 1.20 says, Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Psalm 14.1 says, The fool says in his heart, There is no God. How can anyone look at a flower and think it just happened by chance? Oh, some people may find it easy to pan off the creation effort to the Big Bang Theory, but how can they possibly think this same theory could be used to justify how the universe is being sustained? Jesus, the Son of God, is the creator and sustainer of all things. Colossians 1, 15-17 says, He, Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And to get our attention, it says in Job 37, 6-7, He, God, says to the snow, Fall on the earth! And to the rain shower be a mighty downpour, so that all men he has made may know his work. He stops every man from his labor. I was so excited when I found that verse. Wow. No one can excuse the existence of God. He can be clearly seen. Well, God gives us ways to know him, first by what we see, and secondly, by what we hear through his word. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Why would a God who creates in such detail, with such order, not also find a way to communicate to us in a language we can understand? The Bible is God's love letter to us. God helped us further believe by bringing His Word to us in visible form. John one fourteen says, And the Word, that's Jesus Christ, became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, 
the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God showed he's reachable when he came to live among us in the person of his Son, Jesus Christ. God proved he's interested in us. 2 Corinthians 8.9 says, For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Jesus came as a baby, not a king. He came as a servant, not to be served. He came to show us that we can trust his Father, even if we don't understand his ways. It's hard to understand the way our Father works sometimes. It seems too often life's pathway yields mountains we can't climb. The good die young, the faithful suffer, the wicked take first place. At times we struggle so neath the load we hardly start the race. But without faith we cannot please our blessed Lord above. He told us he'd be true to us, he showed us by his love. No one would care to offer up their only son for me, to suffer, bleed, and die for sin, to pay my penalty. So how can I refuse to trust my Heavenly Father's care? He made me part of His great plan, and in His wealth I'll share. I'll cast my burdens, cares, and fears at my dear Savior's feet, and trust that He and I will share a fellowship that's sweet. Listen to some excerpts from Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life. He writes, We forget the cruel details of the agonizing sacrifice God made on our behalf. Familiarity breeds complacency. Even before his crucifixion, the Son of God was stripped naked, beaten until almost unrecognizable, whipped, scorned, and mocked, crowned with thorns, and spit on contemptuously. Abused and ridiculed by heartless men, he was treated worse than an animal. Then, nearly unconscious from blood loss, he was forced to drag a cumbersome cross up a hill, was nailed to it, and was left to die the slow, excruciating torture of death by crucifixion. While his lifeblood drained out, Heckler stood by and shouted insults, making fun of his pain and challenging his claim to be God. Next, as Jesus took all of mankind's sin and guilt on himself, God looked away from that ugly sight, and Jesus cried out in total desperation, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus could have saved himself, but then he could not have saved you. Words cannot describe the darkness of that moment. Why did God allow and endure such ghastly evil mistreatment? Why? So you could be spared from eternity in hell, and so you could share in his glory forever. The Bible says Christ was without sin, but for our sake God made him share our sin in order that in union with him we might share the righteousness of God. Jesus gave up everything so you could have everything. He died so you could live forever. That alone is worthy of your continual thanks and praise. Never again should you wonder what you have to be thankful for. And to that I add, never again should you wonder how much he loves you.
Pray that you've been blessed by this program. If so, please write and tell us at Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Falston, Maryland, 21047. Or contact us through our website at www.gracenotesradio.com. Join us on our next program. Until then, let your grace notes be a song of praise.